ברשותכם. So we are learning about more mitzvot with the mouth that have to do with the kaneh, that have to do with the trachea. The the last one we did was that it's not to not to tilt the judgment in any direction. The judgment of a judge has to be accurate, has to be emet uh, 100% according to the facts. He cannot do it, not chas v'shalom in favor of the, the, the wealthy, but also chas v'shalom not in favor of the poor. Uh, you cannot look at a person in a situation and say, you know what, uh, I have mercy, have mercy on them, or look out for different interests. The case has to be judged by itself based on its own terms, based on its own facts. Uh, who was the one who owes the... Uh, no, that's based on its own merits. It's separate from the idea of tzedakah. Deen is not tzedakah. Judgment is not tzedakah. They're two different concepts. Now, we also have a concept of tzedakah in Judaism. If there's somebody who needs tzedakah, okay, after the fact you uh, collect tzedakah, you help somebody out, you do other things that are necessary, but it doesn't mix together with the concept of deen. Uh, judgment, when it comes to the courtroom, a judge has to be honest. Uh, in in his judgment, <coughs> and he has to look at it as if you know you could mix the two sides and uh, uh, mix their situation. I would I would give the same exact judgment. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't change the judgment. edut rasha rasha. Not to accept any testimony from a rasha from a, a wicked person, and not to testify with a rasha. Not to be I meaning you need at least two witnesses. Uh, who go to the court for in order to uh, in order to testify? So, so number one is that the court is not allowed to accept a rasha as a uh, as a witness. The second one is if a witness knows that the other guy who's going uh, is a rasha, I'm not going to testify with him. We're not going to testify together. I, I will not associate with uh, or testify with a rasha. How do you define a rasha? How do we define a, a wicked person? So the answer is that anybody who uh, violates or transgresses uh, actively any of the mitzvot of the Torah that chayavin malkut that one uh, deserves the punishment, the minimum punishment of lashes, uh, even more so if it's the punishment of death penalty. Or ganav, or gazel. So, for example, a person who steals uh, from others, a person who is known to be a thief, uh, a person who is known to be uh, to uh, commit fraud and to steal money from people, uh, it's forbidden to testify. It's forbidden for them to testify. Or ilaberibit rasha. Or if there is a person who uh, lends with interest, right? According to the Torah, it's a severe prohibition uh, in the Torah. He lends with interest to a Jew. 
uh, to another Jew, even if he borrows with interest from a Jew. He's a rasha. It's a, it's a sin, it's a transgression to borrow with interest. Not just to lend with interest, even to borrow with interest uh, is a rasha. They both get uh, malkut. They both get uh, the lashes for it. And so nowadays, um, and I think most of the people who are involved in these businesses are aware, but we always have to talk about it and we always have to spread the awareness around it that if, there, if there's somebody who's in that kind of business, uh, because uh, it does help a lot of the economy run, the uh, loans with interest, uh, we, whenever it's between Jews, you have to sign a document called a shtar iska. A shtar iska, or call it, it's called a heter iska, or a shtar iska, which is a one document which restructures uh, the entire arrangement so that it's not really considered a loan, but rather it's considered a business investment. Uh, so it's very important to know about and to have that document if a person is involved in, the, uh, is involved in this kind of business, whether one is lending or whether one is borrowing. If there's a person who can avoid it uh, altogether or only deal with, uh, only borrow from goyim or only uh, lend to goyim, all the better. Because uh, uh, the heteri sky is a leniency for sure. Uh, it's one of those that, you know, when you call a spade a spade, it's a, it's a leniency. It's not like, uh, better, better it's, better, yeah, better it's, it, it's better to avoid uh, loans with interest as a form of business, but nonetheless, if somebody's doing it, they have to know. Uh, I have to do it with a heteri scot. There's a person who uh, lends uh, with interest or a person borrows with interest or involves himself in any way uh, to sign on that document or be part of the, uh, a loan with interest of a Jew. Uh, to another Jew, and they don't sign a heter iska as part of it, they're considered a rasha, according to the Torah. They're considered a transgressor, according to the Torah, and they, cannot, they, don't, uh, they cannot be acceptable as witnesses uh, for anything. <coughs> so, fasul ha'edut. Fasul uh, So there's one category of those who are, uh, cannot, we cannot accept their testimony, they're prohibited to testify, and those are Rishaim. Those are the those of the Torah views as as wicked, as transgressors. Uh, um, the second, ca- the also another important thing to there's an important caveat um, to this also that the halacha says is that it's a it's a person that understands that there is something that is wrong or something that they shouldn't do, um, and they're still doing it anyway, and they still don't care, and it doesn't matter to them. If there's somebody who j- just uh, never learned. And it's something that the masses, a lot of people are not aware of, um, that it's not allowed, then they can claim or they can say it's something that I didn't know or something uh, something that I thought was allowed. It's something that I thought was allowed. So even though it's not okay uh, that they're doing it, but you don't, don't say that he's pasul edut. You don't say that he is uh, a pasul to testify because they didn't know. They weren't aware that it was something is wrong. This is talking about somebody that... Uh, I'm aware that this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm aware that this is the Jewish standard. I'm aware and that uh, this is what Jews normally do uh, in the business. They're supposed to sign a heteri And the person says, nonetheless, I don't care. I'm not going to, it doesn't matter to me. Then a person is a rasha. There's a person who never knew that there's such a thing called a heteri and And they didn't do it. Maybe you wouldn't say that he's pasul do but if there's someone who's educated and who learned and he knows the Jewish standard, what we do uh, when we're involved in loans is you have to sign a Hetari Scott document. And then they say, but, but I don't care. I'm not doing it. I don't, I don't. Huh? Yeah? If it's a mortgage, if it's, being, if, if it's coming from a, 
if it's a Jew to a Jew, if someone's borrowing from a Jewish person, yeah, absolutely, it needs a, it needs a heter Huh? Yeah, Israeli banks are. Yeah, Israeli banks are. Also, also yeah. Islam. Yeah, yeah. Also Islamic yeah, Israeli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Israeli, Israeli banks absolutely they have a heter iska. Uh, there's no question about it. So that they that they have it mostly. But one has to check. If even even a borrower, they have to check and they have to ask: Is there uh, is there a heter iska document? Shelo yaid karov. Shelo yaid karov. Wow. Uh, a um, I have so much more I want to say about Hetari Ska, but I want to continue in the in the Karov. There's another category of people who are prohibited to testify that are not allowed uh, to testify, and those are called Krovim. Krovim are relatives, uh, immediate relatives, or and there's uh, you know this is part of when a rabbi learns to become a rabbi. You have to learn the different family trees of uh, what's considered a relative according to halakha, what's not considered a relative, but a relative, whether they're a relative of either party, or if they're relatives to each other. Relative, two brothers cannot testify together with each other. So a person cannot testify for his brother, if the case is about his brother. A person also cannot testify together with his brother. Uh, relatives are prohibited to testify. Meaning, there's one case, is the case here, the, you know, uh, a borrowed from B. Now A is my brother, so I'm not allowed to uh, testify because the case is about them. The second thing is there's two people who have to come to testify. I have to go together with somebody else. I cannot testify together with my brother either. I cannot testify with my father. I cannot testify. Yeah, they're not. They're not acceptable for any form of testimony. And the Gemara says over here this this one in particular has no logic to it. Gizerat melechi. Uh, this is the Xerah of Hashem. How so? The Gemara says, even Moshe and Aharon. It says, Moshe Rabbeinu and Aharon HaKohen, they want to come to testify together. Is their testimony not trustworthy? <laughs> is, it, is it possible to enter somebody's mind to say that their testimony is not trustworthy? When Moshe Rabbeinu, Aharon HaKohen, they walk into the court. What do the judges have to say? <laughs> Sorry, we can't accept your testimony. We're not able to say. Gezerat melechi. The Gemara says that this is not just about logic. It's not about uh, because they're nogea and because we can't trust them because they're together. Even if they were the two greatest tzaddikim that the world has ever known, uh, Hashem decreed that they're not allowed to, they're brothers, they're not allowed to testify together. Shelo lehotzi mipiv. Can we do one more quickly? Maybe we'll elaborate on it. Anytime we pray or we say a bracha, the place that we are in has to be a holy place. So therefore, one cannot say a bracha or pray when they're naked. We have to be dressed. We have to be wearing clothes. Uh, you can't be in front of somebody naked. Can't be, we can't be in front of uh, any type of nakedness. Yes. But even if there's another person naked in front of me, we're not allowed to pray uh, in front of them. Or in front of any excrement, any feces, uh, in a bathroom, um, or urine um, that's present. We cannot pray in front of it in that area. If there's the smell of anything, uh, we're not allowed to, to pray in that area. Uh, what do you do there? Sometimes synagogues, they get into a situation where there's a smell. It happened in Shairachim mean, not, not a while back because of the garbage um, that, that's near there. And they were praying in the tent. Uh, during COVID, they said we were able to smell garbage. So what do you do? Uh, 
So you have to spray air freshener. If you don't see it, you have to, <laughs> you know, you have to spray it. But if it's right in front of you, you cannot pray in front of it. If it's, uh, in front of it. We have to have a distance from it. Anyway, we have to continue to tefillah. Baruch Adonai Amen, amen.